foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. This is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. And we're talking about the lies that we believe as truth that affect us as if they're true, even though they are a lie. Now, we discussed some of these last week, Janie, but we want to continue on with the subtleties of these lies that take us into secular humanism, which is a religion that all the other isms, materialism, communism, socialism, rationalism, all of those is a spoke off the hub of secular humanism. And so let's talk about some more of these lies that we believe as truth that affect our Christian life, but are actually contrary to Scripture. Okay. One of the lies, Sharon, is what I call the blame game. Oh, my. Yes. And we start that as soon as we are probably about four years old. Look what you did to me. Mm -hmm. Look what you made me do. Made me do. What you made me do. Yeah, I've heard that one. And I heard this statement. I can really make her mad. And I just popped up and I said, oops, you can't make her mad. If she has madness already in her, you'll be a tool that can bring it out. But if you're making her mad, she's got a heart issue, Mm -hmm. and you need to find out what the heart issue is. You can't make her mad. That's a choice she 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 chooses chooses to make. And then if you do make me mad, then I'm going to do a Romans 2. I'm going to blame you. But when we blame each other, the reason we recognize it, because the same thing that's happening that we're blaming them is what we're blind to in us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that can sure cut you down to size. Oh, yeah. But you've got a list six inches long and you're blaming them and you go, oh, this is me all every point. Yeah. It, it humbles you. And by the way, I know one marriage that took that scripture to heart and it saved the marriage. Oh, wow. Well, that's great. All right, so speaking of marriage, let's talk about a couple of lies in relationships. Well, we've already hit the first one. Blame somebody else. Blame your spouse. The one that really hits me is that you must meet my needs. And I think that this is something that women struggle with a lot because we have this fairy tale kind of attitude that, you know, our Prince Charming is supposed to come and (laughs) rescue us and somehow save us from some sort of dragon in our life. And we are the center. We are the focus. We are the ones that they have to cater to. Well, and that brings up a subtle point that sometimes the husband may be so faithful and intense in providing for his family that he becomes insensitive to meeting the core heart issues of a woman. Well, and then, you know, if he doesn't meet my needs, then he needs to change, you know, and then then that's another one. So you can (laughs) can get several of the lines. It just goes right down the line. (laughs) So Um, 
And yet sometimes when we are looking to them, and they do have a responsibility, they are our umbrella of protection that God has given us. Mm -hmm. But many times we don't look then to the God that meets all needs and seek him out while our husbands might be growing while they may not have all their priorities right, but we go and complain to God about what he's not doing uh-huh. rather than saying, you know, Lord, you love him with the same love that you love me. And your timing on how you are bringing him into what you want to be, your godly man, is your timing, not mine. So I need to confess my sin of impatience not walking in the spirit Mm. because I don't like your timing, God, and I'm trying to control the situation. Now we've just incorporated about six or eight lies. Yeah. And so just taking that back to the Lord in a humble spirit and giving a prayerful heart to the Lord for our spouse, I think God respects and appreciates that more from us. Well, in Peter, it says that a wife can even have her husband be one by her manner of life. Mm -hmm. So ladies, I will say up front, affirm the love to him each and every day by your behavior as you want the Lord to confirm his love to you by his behavior towards us in kindness. And And even if he's hurt your feelings, that's what the Lord has shown me. You need to show him love and respect even in the midst of that, because doing the silent treatment and all of those all of those horrible things that we think might work, those things don't work. No, they and really they are a lie. They really embitter the husband. They, they really bring and drive on, a wedge. Yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. So, so, what sounds like it's supposed to work, and and it's talked about all the time, but it never works. So it never it's, works. It's really a lie. Then we go right back to yeah. to the humanism. It's right. really a lie of man trying to fix man or right. woman trying to fix right. man. <laughs> And And we're fixing him because we're going to give him the silent treatment and he'll see that he's hurt my feelings. And then he'll be a more godly man. Right. No, man. Do you (laughs) want a lie? (laughs) Oh, woo. Mm, But you know what? We will have to really center in on, of course, lies that we have about the father. But we will probably experience most of the conflict about lies in relationships because we were made to be in a relationship with God Almighty and then a spouse or family or others. So let's look at the lies that we believe about God. And one that really sticks out for me is that we must earn God's love. Sharon, if I choose to believe that, I'm going to have my finger on the panic button 24 sevens because I only have to look at the wretchedness that dwells in myself and in all of us apart from the gift of God's love. And God, well, I think people think that when God doesn't answer their prayers according to the way they ask, and when God doesn't answer that way, then we get this idea, well, God doesn't love me. I must have done something wrong. And a a child will express that. We had a precious young individual that got in trouble at school and came home and asked the parent 
if the parent had quit loving them because the teacher reported the conflict at school. Mm. And then the child went to the pastor and said, do you still accept me? Mm. Do you still love me? They were trying to earn God's love and have it affirm that it had been given, but now it had been withdrawn. Right, right. Right. And there we would need to tell someone God says his love is everlasting and that he loved his own until the end. That's John 13, 1. If anybody just needs a, an assurance right now, the Lord says he loves his own until the end. Mm. It's everlasting. Everlasting. Yes. So, all right. And what about Christians have protection from suffering? I think that that's a... Um, <laughs> I only laugh because that means they have left out probably two-thirds of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, When the Lord distinctly says, and to this you were called to suffer on my behalf, please take up the fellowship of sufferings which is lacking in the body of Christ. Jesus said, I have set the example. Follow me in what I have set. Sharon, let me just quickly say that doesn't always mean that you're going to be laying on a bed of affliction. Talk to me about how suffering can come. Well, suffering is in everyday aspects, everyday situations, right? I mean, we just talked about our spouses. (laughs) You know, I mean, that is suffering. If, If you're not suffering to hold your tongue sometimes that's suffering right (laughs) (laughs) oh shall i say yeah (laughs) i mean that's probably not complete of course but you know we have suffering in our health we have suffering in our finances we have suffering in relationships it's it's all about rejecting our own selfish desires for the truth of the scriptures. And Sharon, let me give you a glorious encouragement on why many of us are suffering. And it's not your fault. It's Second Corinthians 1, where it says, talking about the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. Many things that are put on us is so we can walk through them because he knows he can entrust us with that suffering so we will be a witness of the life of what God does in caring for all. We are to be witnesses of his victory in suffering. So when you sometimes see a person and you think, well, why didn't God heal them? Or why didn't God change this? It's because he's appointed you to be a gift of grace and showing the benefits of those that are in suffering. And sometimes, Sharon, it is seeing that in another life that draws someone into salvation that draws someone into surrender, that's willing to deal with their carnality. Suffering is a gift from God if we can see it from the wisdom of God. Wow, that is so true, Janie. And then we also have in Philippians 1.29, it says, For to you it is given in the behalf of Christ, 
not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHarts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.